If I usually don't snore, why would I snore if I'm really, really tired? Well, whether or not you snore is still up for debate, okay? I'm on Team Wife. It sounds like you snore. She don't know. Right? She go to bed before me. She don't know. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another edition of Dads on Purpose, the podcast. I'm your host, Josh Ashford. And on this show, man, we are all about helping dads be the best versions of themselves. And today we're talking about sleep. We're we, we going to talk about some other things today, man. But we're going to, if you're a tired dad out there, raise your hand. Don't really raise your hand because it's a podcast. Um, but uh, we got Carice on here. Talk to him, Carice. I am great. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to have you. And I, I know before we came on, we were talking about like, what do you do? Like, right? And you, I'm going to get it wrong. And you, you said you're a, a, a myotherapy myofunctional therapist you were so close what that mean because oh what did i say before i said mitosis before don't anyways (laughs) it's fine it all kind of myotherapy myofunctional therapist okay Okay. so myo is like a medical terminology word for muscle right okay and then functional is the function so i deal with muscle function right i'm a therapist that deals with muscle function but But that helps with sleep more specifically, yes, I deal with all the muscles below the eyes, but above the shoulders, right? So in this okay. nice little window here, what we've got is our upper respiratory system. Oh. And that's how it really helps dynamically with sleep. Um, you know, I'm sure we can deep dive a little further than that, but yeah, that's a general I, overview. I was like, I could rabbit hole on that one. Okay, so so it helps with sleeping, but... What else does it help? Because I know there's more than just like you ain't out here just helping people get good sleep. But what else does it? Well, you know, sleep is kind of critical to life. So I feel like sleep is a big point. We hit sleep. We hit a lot of different things. However, we do also help with other things, too. So it does help with, uh, first of all, a lot of cognitive function because your brain and your um, cranial nerves, they all really stimulate from the tongue tongue being up against the roof of the mouth yes yeah everybody always makes a face and so have to let the face I, yeah because i'm like i'm listening and i'm like yeah. your tongue <laughs> it's against the roof of the mouth at rest is where it should be and that's stimulating your vagus nerve your vagus nerve is one of the biggest ones that's like the epicenter of your autonomic nervous system so that's fight or flight vagus no sorry i'm thinking of the atlas Sorry. I just, so only reason why I know about these terms is because I, uh, my buddy, he's a chiropractor and he was talking about, um, adjusting someone's Atlas. And I was like, oh, and it helps with like so many other things. Sorry, completely off topic. Go ahead. Not your Atlas, but your nerves. So your cranial nerves fall from the brainstem. So we're talking about further back than like your Atlas, but the uh, vagus nerve, one of the biggest ones that's the epicenter of the autonomic nervous system, that's rest, digest, or fight, flight, Mm. that type of system. So cognitive function, really, really big. Digestion, because digestion, we all should know. I'm not going to assume that everybody does know, but we all should know that that starts in the mouth. It doesn't yes. start in the stomach or anywhere else. It starts in the mouth. So it helps a lot with digestion too. Some speech, um, that's not my biggest focus, nor is it mm. like the biggest thing that it can really resolve. But sleep, cognitive function, digestion, breathing, and speech. Yeah, so you, so let me, let me ask. So obviously, like, you have a job, so there's a need, right? Um, how big is the need? Like, how how often 
or are the things that you're dealing with helping people with sleeping? Let, first of all, let's go back. We already know the the reason, but let's talk about why sleep so important, especially to dads out there. Like, like let's just keep it funky. Sleep is the most important function that we do. So we know, we all know that we spend a quarter of our lives or just under a quarter of our lives sleeping, right? Mm -hmm. But why is it that we do that? So science hasn't come to 100% of why we do it, but we know what happens when we are, yes, when we're lacking sleep. Okay. So we know more actually about, so they will say, you know, more about space than we know about the ocean. We know more about the ocean than we know about sleep. Surprising. But like as wait, as a people or individuals, as a people, we still haven't gotten to like why we actually sleep. Because we're tired, beneficial, we know why, but it seems really inefficient if you think about sleeping, especially if you go back to like primitive living, hunter gatherers. Mm -hmm. Like, why would we sleep? Predators all around, we didn't have like secure shelters, we were not like top of the food chain, like really heavy, and Mm -hmm. so. Why on earth would we spend hours sleeping? It's real inefficient. It's like an inefficient. What have, what have they found? They haven't found really much. <laughs> okay. I will say that what we do know is that it does restore a lot of functions, right? So it helps us with cell regeneration. It helps us with healing. We need it in order for our brain to actually digest memories. So you'll have a problem with short-term memory. And in the long run with a lot of sleep deprivation, you'll have even more problems with long-term memory retention, Mm. but it's going to help significantly with certain functions. Outside of that, I mean, science has not pinpointed like we need to sleep because of X, Y, Z. Like short of Jesus coming down and telling us himself why we do it, we we don't know. That is crazy. You know, you know what? Like we're 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 so adaptive, right, to our environments. And and I wonder, like, kind of how you just said, especially in the primitive time, like it wasn't like the most best use of time to do that. And so I'm wondering, like, why wouldn't our bodies start to do those things while we're awake and then right. not have the sleep deprivation and thing. I'm intrigued. What is We're, going on? So, with okay, I'm not. I I have a place I want to go, but I'm not going to go there because. But I got some questions. Like, <laughs> where, where where can I go? Like to start researching. I, you know what? I don't even know if I can because at the end of the day, if the scientists don't know about it, how I'm gonna know about it? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we live in the information age, so you can Google anything you've ever wanted to Google. Google mm-hmm. Scholar is a great, you know, um, replacement for PubMed if you don't have a PubMed subscription. So you can find uh, articles and research and so forth. But uh, let's be honest, like yeah. dads out there aren't really looking for that stuff. No, 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 no. they're not. I'm just I, I want to know, like, because I'm now because like now you got my mind and that's just how it goes. But like. If they don't know, how am I going to find the answer? So then that means I have to come up with the answer, and that's not about to happen. So let me just go ahead with this little podcast. Um, <laughs> okay, so we know why sleep's important. We know we're we're lacking it. How, how many of the people that you see are like, or do you think in the world, whatever, dads out there are struggling with the the under the eye to the, you know, the upper respiratory? Is, is that what it said? I'm, Under the eye to above the shoulders. Yes, and I'm not a wordsmith, man. I just know the questions. <laughs> How many people? I would say, I honestly, 
if you're going by research, research is going to tell you about 30% of people. But honestly, I would say it's even more than that. I mean, I've never been in an airport and not seen plenty of people in every line of sight that could use some help, right? So we have clear signs. Can we you have tell? clear signs. Yes. Like mouth breathing. Mouth breathing is a big one. Walking through the airport, you ever catch somebody um, sleeping and they're snoring? Snoring, that's a big, big sign. Now, first, let's just break down snoring for just one second, right? I'm going <laughs> to go off on a tangent. So snoring is the sound of air meeting resistance as it's going through your upper respiratory tract. Like it's okay. the sound of air vibrating against to get through the tract. So it's okay. vibrating against those muscles. That's not good. Like we need <laughs> air. We need air. Any sort of resistance. That's not like a cute thing. Like, oh my gosh, she snores. That's so cute. Oh, my baby snores. That's so cute. That's not cute. It sounds like you're desperate for air. That's a problem. You see a baby snoring, it's like, oh, she sounds like her dad. But I don't yeah. snore. My wife will tell you yeah. I snore, but look, I don't hear myself snore, so I don't snore. I mean, I'm sure if she recorded it. She actually yeah, snores yeah. more than I do. I, I, if I'm like really, really tired, like if I'm like really tired, I'm a, I'm, I'm gonna get some, I'm gonna get some snores in there. Why is that? Sorry, I'm now. I got my question. If I, why do if I usually don't snore, why would I snore if I'm really, really tired? Well, whether or not you snore is still up for debate. Okay, I'm on team wife. It sounds like you snore. She don't know. Right? She go to bed before me. She don't know. <laughs> She don't listen to the show anyway, so I don't care. <laughs> I'm still team wife. Let her know. I, I 100% believe you snore and gotcha. snore every night. Okay. <laughs> so when we are more tired, that's actually a bit of our sleep deprivation kicking in. Okay. okay. So ever, if you've ever been like excessively tired and we don't naturally catch up on sleep. That's not an actual thing. But when you get to severe lethargy, like you are very tired, you have to go down, you're skipping through some of the um, sleep cycles. So yeah, you'll hit stage one, but it'll go really fast. You'll hit stage two, it'll go really fast. You hit stage three. Stage three sleep is when you're really falling. Like that is heading towards muscle paralysis. Like you are down, right? So you don't really have much control over that upper respiratory tract. Hmm. Okay. A lot that of resistance you're meeting like, there. So, how long does it typically take? Sorry, we're gonna we're gonna get back to it though. Like, we I promise you, we're gonna get back to it. Like, how long does it typically take for like someone to go through those stages? Because like, my again, my wife will be sitting in the bed, she'll be watching TV. A minute and a half later, she out. I'm she's snoring because she snores. Clear sign of sleep deprivation. <laughs> so, okay. We're supposed to cycle through, and honestly, we should reach stage one. Stage one is that transient stage, right? So where you don't even realize you were sleeping. So maybe you've been watching something, right? And then you wake up. Sorry, I'm laughing because that's my favorite quote to her. She'd be like, "You were asleep." I was like, "I didn't know I was asleep." She was like, exactly. "Because you were asleep." And my my sister came over last week, and she was asleep on the couch. And I was like, "You supposed to be watching the kids." She's like, "Oh, I didn't know I was asleep." I was like, "You sound like me." Anyways, go back to it. Transient. Ooh, that's Watch it. That's TV. stage one. That's it in that first stage of sleep. You don't even realize that you're sleeping because you're not really in like a deep sleep. It's a very light, everything's starting to relax and you're transitioning into yeah. stage two where you fall a little deeper. Like you wake up from stage two, you know you were sleeping. Okay. Mm. So 
these stages you want to go through, and this is going to be the big chunk of a lot of your sleep at night, because we're going to cycle through each of the stages. So you'll go stage one, stage two, stage three, REM, you'll wake slightly and fall back into stage one. So REM is probably about 20% of the night. Okay. Stage three is probably around 25, 30%. And then the other two are going to take up that other bulk of Mm -hmm. time between two and one, you can, you know, kind of fluctuate, but stage one is typically rather short. So you said we cycle through them. Like you said something, you said we'll go through REM and then we'll wake up slightly. So -hmm. we're supposed to wake up at night? You should slightly. Now it's not a big wake up, but you wake up, maybe you move a little bit, you right back down. Mm, Okay. I could, well, because like I'll, (laughs) I go to sleep for like three hours and then the kid is up. Yeah. Like if I go, so like middle if I'm, huh? In the middle of the night? Yeah. Oh. I'll go to sleep. So here, let me tell you my schedule. And so this, I did it to myself and it's fine, but it is what it is. So this is my schedule now where that makes more sense than it used to. So I go to bed like eight thirty, maybe nine o'clock, nine o'clock. I'm tired. Like nine o'clock. I'm exhausted because I wake up at one forty-five because I trade stocks on the London open, which opens at 2 AM my time. So I trade from two to three. I'll go to the gym. I'll come back, take a shower. I'll do my devotional. I'll go back to sleep for like a, I'll lay in the bed for like an hour, go to, you know, something like that. And then I'll wake up when the kids get up and my wife gets up. And so then we start the day. So by the time 7.30, 8 o'clock comes, I'm tired. Like, you know what I mean? Because I've, I didn't, I didn't been up. I didn't went back to sleep a little bit. And now I didn't have the whole day. Right. But before this, this segment of my life, right. I would only sleep. Like, even if I went to bed at like 10 PM, I'm up at two and I'm up until 4.30. Just, I, I can't go back to sleep. Wow. Yeah. So, so it sounds like you're having issues with your circadian rhythm and that you're what that mean? really not haven't regulated it. So circadian rhythm is our natural like sleep wake cycle, right? Mm-hmm. So our bodies telling us this is time for sleep. We're sleeping. This is time for wake. And you kind of wake up more on a natural cycle. Okay. okay. How I fix <laughs> that. <laughs> You've had so much disruption. I mean, you're really sleeping for about four to five hours before you wake up so that you can do your stocks and then you're up and you're engaging your body. You're engaging these systems and then asking them to wind back down again. It's kind of unrealistic. Maybe perhaps you need to go to bed earlier that way you can get a full. I, I do. Like to eight I, hours. Like a lot of days, 730, I'm out. Like I'm I'm out. But even if I go to bed at 730, I'm up at 11. So you're still, okay. So you're still factoring the same amount of time. Yeah. So I'm up, you know, 1030, 11, I'm, I'm back up. And so then I'm just kind of just chilling, laying in the bed until, you know, it's 145. Okay. So in that time, you're anticipating that you'll have to be up anyway, right? Absolutely. Are you fully relaxed or are you just kind of my mind's all over the place 
I can't, it won't, like, I think about everything, like, it, even, like, things I don't need to do, like, I'll, I'll think about this conversation, or, you know what I mean, like, so you, like, I'll, I'll think about, uh, <laughs> this has nothing to do with nothing, but, so my pastor, he gave this, uh, this sermon this past Sunday, it was titled, you know, Dad's the Most under, un, Misunderstood Man in the Household, and it was kind of, like it was lighthearted, and so he was going through different men in the Bible, and kind of talking about their different, um, the things going on in their lives and like, Hey, dad's not disengaged. Da, 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 da. And so one of them he was talking about is Jacob. And so Jacob, high, long story short, had like 12 kids, four different women. And he was like, and he, he only touched on it. He was just like, you know, dad, he's like, sometimes it's just complicated. It ain't you. It's just complicated. Blah, 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 blah. So I'll sit there and I'll think about that sermon just like, man, what, what what happened to Jacob? How did he get there? What You know what I'm saying? Okay, well, how he do his brother like that? You know, like, I won't relax. I'm just, like, wired. Okay, and that's part of the problem. One thing that I would suggest that you do is, one, you keep a notebook mm-hmm. by the bed. Um, preferably one that has, like, a little book light. That way you're not turning on any actual lights or whatever, because you're going to need to see in order to write down whatever things you're thinking about, it can wait. And if you put it in the notebook, it kind of gives you something to come back to later on so you can process it. Hmm. Then the next thing that you're going to do is really invest in some breath work, breathing and how you regulate your breathing. Remember, like I told you, with your tongue comes up against your (laughs) mouth, that really helps you regulate those cranial nerves. You'll be able to kind of wind yourself back slowly into sleep. Will you stay in a good pattern of sleep? That's the issue, is having to work on your circadian rhythm over the long term, because consistency is key. That's what the body remembers. We are in such a technologically advanced state that we get false light everywhere. I mean, we can't tell. It used to be the sunrise and the sunset would mm-hmm. set our circadian clock. All right, it's dark. Time to sleep. Yeah. Now yeah. we sleep. All right, sun's up. Now we're up. But now we don't have that anymore. We're so, mm-hmm. you know, overwhelmed, I guess, by all of the, the blue lights and everything that's all around us. Yeah. So you definitely want to make sure that you're consistent with your routine. It shouldn't be sometimes I'm down at 7.30, sometimes I'm down at 9. Occasionally, I'll be down at 8. Consistently, pick a bedtime and stay with it. If it's going to be 9, let it be 9. And if you're tired at 7.30, well, too bad. Maybe it's oh. time to go through that that notebook and think about those things that you wanted to think about at 11 midnight, whenever you were thinking about them. Think about them now. Hold yourself off a little bit. And wind yourself down into a nine o'clock okay. routine. So I can't go to bed at seven thirty if my bedtime is nine. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm, in my head, I'm just like, but I'm tired. I'm tired, <laughs> boss. <laughs> you're tired, but you're grown. You can deal with it, right? Like when the kids and if they're off schedule, if they're tired early, we're like, yeah, go to bed early, yay. But no, you're grown. Make sure you hold off until it is actually bedtime. Otherwise, you're really going to throw yourself off in the long run. So how consistent you are able to stay is going to help you in the long yeah. run with normalizing that circadian rhythm. Hmm. Okay, so going back to this tongue thing, uh, how do I rest my tongue on the top of my mouth? Because that's not 
where I think it rests. Wow. Okay, first let's determine where your tongue rests. So you're sitting in a chair. Let's sit with our feet flat on the floor. We're going to sit up. Nice, good posture. Oh, I want I'm in you a to stool. Sit. I can't reach the floor. Oh, okay, well, sit up with, you know, a nice, good posture anyway and have your feet somewhere that feels comfortable. It does rest up there. <laughs> oh, hold on. Okay, hold on. Well, it's, like, it's, like, it's like at the top of my teeth. Okay, good, good, good. Hold on, hold on. We're going to take a deep breath in through our nose. Very good. Breathe back out through your nose and then slowly breathe back in and now be very mindful of where your tongue is positioned, where you feel it against and so forth. Take that exhale. And now let me know. It's been the same spot. Just up. Is it against it's been the, like at the top of the my teeth or against the teeth? Uh, my teeth. Against your teeth. Yeah. But up top, that upper arch of teeth is kind of resting against. Yeah. My front teeth. Yeah. Mm, okay. So where we like, would like right it. Here. Yes. Well, you're a little narrow anyway, so I guess that's okay. That's probably Thank where you. your tongue fits best. <laughs> However, <laughs> what we would like it to be is just slightly behind those front teeth and up and encompassing the entirety of your palate. So that's oh. the roof of the mouth. That's not comfortable. That's I don't okay. like that. <laughs> It's okay. It takes time because, you know, we develop these habits from young when we're very, very young babies, they're obligate nasal breathers and the best way to really activate nasal breathing. Cause if you think about it, the roof of your mouth is the floor of your nose. Okay. Mm -hmm. Same bone, same structures. That tongue sits up against there from when you're born, sits up against there and it's really mm -hmm. stimulating and activating nasal breathing. So We've got babies telling us how we should be doing it. And somewhere along the lines, things alter and we wind up not doing things optimally. And it impacts a lot. I don't, I'm trying, sorry. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm trying to do it. And I'm like, my, my tongue is like hooked. And I'm like, this is not, com so, okay. So is that what you're talking about? Practicing the breathing? exercises or yes yes so what okay. i do with myofunctional therapy and everybody thinks of the tongue as like one muscle but that's a common misconception the tongue is okay. actually innervated by eight different muscles and those muscles are in pairs so there's really 16 muscles okay so 16 different muscles that are innervating that tongue if you're having trouble with your tongue it's never just one thing right it's always okay. like a some defect in the way that those muscles are functioning. And so you come in with a myofunctional therapist who's able to pinpoint what it is, what's the problem. And then we get exercises and training. It's kind of like personal training almost, but oh, so there's not like, I can't like Google, like some tongue X, never mind. You know what? That's not, don't you Google that. absolutely can. But do you know where the dysfunction is? It's probably in, in the J hook. <laughs> How my tongue hooks. I don't... <laughs> Sorry, that's that's that's, that's that track term. term. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like we use that term in in you know anything oh, that I've read, but that's my okay. <laughs> so okay, so I come in to you. So do I have to come in, or can I do this virtually? I do virtual. Yes. How long does it take? On average, I want to say between three to four months. Most people. I'm sorry. Yeah. How long have you been using these muscles? No, I get it. I understand it. But three to four, like to diagnose it? No, not to diagnose oh. it. 
Okay. No, 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 no. Diagnosing it is like one 45 minute to an hour long appointment. And then from there, we get a plan in place so that every week we're working and we're building up to it. It's just like if you wanted six pack abs, you yeah, got to yeah. figure out how we work to get there. No, I get that. I thought you meant that it's going to take, you know, like a sleep study, you know, but which, you know, that, that takes a while and blah, 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 blah. So I didn't know if that was, this was the same thing. Okay. So walk me through what this appointment looks like. I book it. Boom, boom, boom. It's 45 minutes to an hour. What happens? What What are you looking for? Are we doing like, are we doing fa la 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 la? Like, are you looking at, what are we doing with the tongue? That was pretty interesting. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> we might do something like that. It's, I won't ask you to sing, but I will ask you to say different words because how you're using the tongue there also helps me to detect some things. But I do ask to do different um, types of movements. So I might ask you to wink one way or turn your head one way, or you're going to lift a shoulder, or can I see you do this, that, the other thing? Because it's all going to activate a certain muscle set and a muscle group. And I'm able to see where in there am I seeing dysfunction and what do I have to now target in order to remediate that? Because it's 16 different muscle groups. What muscle groups? It's 16 different muscles in the tongue, but then you still have all these other muscles. Like you have muscles of facial expression, muscles of mastication. You have your oral pharyngeal muscles. You have all, you have several different, there's over a hundred different muscles between, you know, the top of your head to your shoulders. Yeah. I'm like, listen, guy, like, I promise you, like I told you, like I've been wanting this conversation for a long time and I know I, I got so many more Cause like, I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Cause I, like you said, like, we don't know a lot about sleep and I didn't, I didn't know that statistic or, or statement, whatever, but I knew that, yo, like, I want to know a lot about sleep and why, why it is that I ain't getting what I need. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this, that's why this is like so intriguing. And I know that there's so many other people out there that like, you don't, you don't think about it. Like you just know that you don't get sleep or you're like, you're a father. You're like, you know what? Parenting, you're supposed to be tired. You ain't supposed to be tired. Exactly. I mean, you're going to be tired, but you ain't, you ain't supposed to be tired, tired. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, exactly. Cause it impacts you in the long run. Um, mm-hmm. Our gray matter in our brain is a lot of what we use when we are trying to be productive, when we're trying to be creative, when we're trying to, you know, mm participate in life okay in conversations be active in a project or whatever and that gray matter depreciates over time when you have these lengthy periods of sleep deprivation and so you Mm. might think oh okay you know i'm supposed to be tired i just had you know a a baby three years ago or whatever (laughs) it actually is wearing down on you and you will wind Mm. up losing years of your life essentially Thank you for that. That's that's the end of the show. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> ending losing your life. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, what was going to say? I was going to say something, and I don't remember it now. Oh, how do you feel? What is your like stance on naps? Oh, naps are good. Naps are not to be used as a tool to try to catch up on sleep that you feel like you've lost. Right. However. Mm-hmm. 
naps are really good for just restoring. So the only time that our brain cleanses itself, right? Because we have waste and toxins everywhere. We have our lymphatic system that's helping clean and drain. We have our liver that's cleaning and draining out stuff. We have all sorts of systems in place that will work actively during the daytime and even some at sleep. But Mm -hmm. the only time the brain will cleanse itself of any sort of toxins or whatever is at night or when we're sleeping. So it's a really great way, especially if you're feeling kind of burnt out, maybe you've had a long day, morning full of meetings or whatever, and you really just need to decompress. A nap is a great way to allow your brain brain to cleanse itself and then move on. I like it. Wait, how long are naps? 20 to 30 minutes. Oh. Any longer than that, and you might as well just call it a night. Just go to bed. I'm Well, I'm about to take a nap right after this. And Are you really? It's probably going to be about an hour. Yeah. I hey, love naps. naps I take naps all the time. Not every day, but oh, I take naps all the time. My wife you gets mad at me. Power nap, right? Huh? So just 20 to 30 minutes power nap and then save the rest. So you get to nine o'clock because remember, we're pushing it back. That way you can sleep when you're supposed to be sleeping. Nine o'clock, though. That's, oh, what, what would you like it to be? No, I mean I'm I'm good because like that. So you know, I there are times where you know there obviously there's a lot of work to be done, right? More often than not, and so it's easier for me to be sleeping at nine o'clock than it is to set my you know I was about to say night night clock. Lord, I got these kids <laughs> to set my bedtime at seven thirty, right, or eight o'clock. My my oldest, she, you know, eight o'clock is is her bedtime. <laughs> and she's right. three and a half. Actually, no, her bedtime is like 7 30, but she stretches it to eight because she's so tired at 7 30 that she don't want to go to sleep. And so yeah, oh, it's a story. That's where we at right now. Three and a half going on 15. I don't know. But it's very interesting with kids. Um where we have a different dynamic from children. So tired adults are very, it's hard to get lethargy. You're lethargic. You just can't. Mm-hmm. Tired children get wound up. Kids get so excited and they're just running around. They're bouncing off the wall and you're like, Ooh, you need to sleep. Like, no, I don't want to sleep. No, it's, uh, you know what? Yeah. But it's not even that, but it's more so the, you so sleepy that you don't know what you want. I want my teddy. I don't want my teddy. Turn turn this on. Turn. I don't want this on. I don't. Oh, good lord. Anyways, and then the two year old. She, you know, hey, you ready to go to bed? Yep. All right. Turn the light off. Boom. You close the door. She just let she go to bed. That is a healthy sleeping child. I love that. Well, that's how my that's how the three and a half year old used to be, and until she became a three nager. <laughs> Aren't you loving these years? I don't miss any of that. You know what? I, I'm really in this phase in, in life and it's not even a phase in this life, but just where I'm at, just appreciating it. Cause I know like, even when oh Lord, they talk so much, Lord, they talk so much, but I know that there's a time coming where they're not going to talk to me as much. And Very so true. I'm soaking up this time. And so even these times where they, they, they stretch stressing daddy out, but I'm like, I know there's going to be times where I wish they could, you know what I mean? And so I'm just, I'm enjoying it. I uh, I laugh a lot, even when I'm upset or not even upset. I don't really get upset a lot. Like when I'm tired, I'm just like, 
Lord, these these kids you give me, this this wife you didn't give me. <laughs> oh Lord Jesus, help me. Um, look, we got all off topic, but that's cool. This that's why I love this is my show. We do whatever we want. Exactly. Uh, Your topic is the topic. So we talked about how to help adults in sleeping. Like how so we kind of touched on it with like sleepy kids. Like, what can we do for our kids? Like if they're sleepy. Because I'm talking mainly kids that are three and a half years old. That's that, <laughs> that's a real selfish question. Three and a half year old. Okay. <laughs> well, for parents of three and a half and any other age child, <laughs> just like consistency is incredibly important for parents, it's really important for children too. You need mm-hmm. to have a routine that winds them down, and it needs to stay relatively consistent. So. Whatever the routine is going to be, whether it's we're reading a book and then after the book, we're kissing goodnight, lights go off, I close the door. Or if it's co-sleeping and it's a co-sleeping situation where we're reading a book and then we turn off the light and then we stay in the same spot and we just go to sleep. And that has to be consistent every single night. But for children, a really important thing, too, because a lot of children wind up with a lot of congestion or allergies that people don't know of yet. Maybe they just haven't been diagnosed with allergies as of yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Nasal hygiene routine is incredibly important. So even before you get into that bed, maybe after you've brushed teeth and you've done that part of the nighttime um, hygiene routine, implement nasal hygiene. So you take a saline rinse cleanse out the nose, that's going to help. It helps to, one, clean out the respiratory passage, but then two, that opens it up, that clears it up. That way they're able to breathe better because when we're not breathing efficiently, we wind up damaging our brain because we need that oxygen. Oxygen, we cannot function without it and our brain essentially only functions off of it. Hmm. So should adults do nasal saline too? Yes, but children wind up more congested than many adults, right? So if I have to give a tip specific to parents, start implementing that with your children. Now, is it great to exemplify it first? To you start doing it and then they're looking at you like, oh, what are you doing? That looks cool. Oh, can you blow some stuff up my nose? (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard a child ask that actually, but (laughs) if they do ask, that's a great way to now introduce that. That is, you know what? I'm about to go buy some nasal saline today because I don't, not for me, but for 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 my kid because because they are like nasally right now and congest. She, my oldest, is congested, but that is that I never thought about that. I'm mad at my wife that she ain't. Th- sorry, she's over that she in the office. I'm mad she ain't thought about it. It's not something that people think about. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's thinking about anything up here. Everybody's thinking about what's going on with the rest of their body. You know, nobody's concerned about the muscles that are in the most important region of our bodies, Mm -hmm. our our head. What's going on up here? This is where everything starts and we got to keep this area good. And so, yes, nasal hygiene. Well, I love it, man. I appreciate it. So we're we're already at 30, 40 minutes. Golly. Um, I, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. So what I'm going to do, because we, we're going to have to do this again, like, because this is because I got I got some mostly questions. I promise you I do. Um, what would you leave? Like, what is something you want to leave dads out there with? Like, whether it be about them or whether it be about their kids or or just in general. So 
biggest thing that I always say is to advocate for yourself. Here's why. As a mom of four children, we had various issues between ADHD, sleep issues, you know, ear, nose infections, all sorts of things. Okay. We had everything. And a lot of times I was kind of talked into by the traditional medical community, talked into the idea that these are because they're common, that it's normal and it's okay. But that answer never really felt right. But who am I? I'm just this little person. Like they're like the <laughs> physician or whatever. They're all the way up here. Right. I'm all the way down there. So, okay. I just have to accept it. But I would say, honestly, don't accept anything that doesn't sound right. So if you feel like you're struggling with your sleep, absolutely start advocating for yourself. Mm. Ask your physician to give you a recommendation or a referral for a sleep physician. Give you a recommendation or a referral for a myofunctional therapist. Yeah. Ask and get these help and tools that you could really use. Um, don't just take an answer that you don't believe in because you, yeah. you do have the power to help yourself. I love that because I'm a I'm gonna be selfish right now and tell my story. Like, don't get me wrong, I love my primary care physician, but I'm gonna just keep it funky. She a doctor from the 70s. And so she like she she likes to offer me a lot of drugs. I don't, I don't want them. And so I was telling her about my sleep issues. And she was like, Oh, well, we got a couple different pills you can do. I'm like, I don't want no pills. And she was like, Well, we have these other ones, and they, you know, back in the day. They used to be a uh, like a depression pill, but now they just use them for sleep. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to take a depression pill. And she was just like, Well, if you change your mind, come back. And I was like, Like, bruh, like, okay. So clearly, you're not the one that I need to talk to about this sleep stuff. Because like, um, but yeah, advocate for yourselves. And that, that is, oh my goodness, that is so powerful. I love that. Why don't people do that more often? And not just in. In, in this space, but just in general, man, I think, sorry, exactly. I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you all for listening. You guys have been fantastic. Where can they find you? Where can they find you? Website is always a great idea. It's www.themyospot.com, T-H-E-M-Y-O-S-P-O-T.com or on all social media platforms. I'm usually at the myospot would be my handle. At the mile spot. You guys, man, go uh, follow her, like her, subscribe to her, and do the same thing on our podcast. Like the podcast, share this podcast, subscribe to the podcast. Until next week, we love you guys. Take care. God bless. We out of here.